I'm visiting all 30 stadiums in one season to uncover the hidden stories that make baseball America's pastime. Rounding third with Manish Jane. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jane. Today's episode, the Oakland Athletics and O.Co. Coliseum. As I mentioned before in uh, some previous podcasts, I'm often asked what my favorite stadium is. And I always tell people that it's that's a tough question to answer. After going to the Coliseum, I unfortunately believe that I may have found my answer to what is the worst stadium in America. Now, hold on a second, Oakland fans. Before you start yelling at your uh, computers or your earbuds or whatever it is you're listening to this on or through, you may not have the best stadium in the world. But without a shadow of a doubt, Oakland has the best fans in baseball. A lot of stadiums claim that they have, oh, we have the best fans in sports. Welcome to, insert your city's name here, home of the best fans in baseball. And that's lovely and that's wonderful. But I'm here to tell you, objectively speaking, this was my 16th stadium and by far the craziest, rowdiest, most passionate, intelligent fans I've met were in Oakland. I still have quite a long ways to go, so we'll see how I feel by the end of this tour. But of the 16 stadiums so far, I have yet to have an experience quite like the one I had in Oakland. I ended up going to two games in Oakland, and they won one of the games and they lost one of the games. And I honestly couldn't tell you which one they won and which one they lost. From first pitch to final out, these lunatics were just losing their minds. It it created an environment that you just have to be there live to fully appreciate. One of the reasons why I did not like the stadium as a piece of architecture is let's face it's a football stadium. And because of it's a football stadium, it's massive, it's huge. And if you're watching the game on TV, or even if you're in the stadium, a lot of that noise goes right up in the air. There's so many people making so much noise, but it just goes straight up. And you lose some of that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel as, as chaotic as it is when you're actually sitting in the stands. I, I'm, for, the, for the first game, I had some pretty decent seats. And I was sitting uh, a couple of rows behind home plate. But even sitting there, I felt like I was 100 feet away from, from the field. You're just so spread out. You're so away from the action that it's almost like you're divorced from what's going on there. It's almost like you're watching it on TV. You're so far away. But giving credit to those fans, they don't seem to care. You know, they are just, they got people dressing up in, in all sorts of wacky costumes. And, and you know, basically they've taken the the kind of scary aspect of Raider Nation, which you know, for those of you who've not seen the Oakland Raiders football team, you know, their fans are, are even more, um, uh, let's just call them colorful than you can imagine. These are the guys that I'm sure you've seen wearing the spikes on their shoulders and the black and or the silver and black uh, uh, face paint. And they look kind of like they're out of Mad Max or some sort of post-apocalyptic society. And they just get smashed and... I'd just say that if I was to do this this type of, of stadium tour uh, with football stadiums, I would not be wearing Detroit Lions gear or any other team's gear in 
O.Co Coliseum to see a Raiders game because the fans can get a little intense. But what I loved about the fans for an athletics game is they have the same type of creativity, the same type of passion, the same type of love for their team without the overconsumption of alcohol that's going to then cross that line into scary. So it ends up being just really kind of a fun day at the park where you get to see some really cool people. Uh, you can actually check out the website, roundingthird.net, uh, for my post about my time at Oakland uh, uh, in Oakland and some great pictures of just some of the, the interesting fans and, and kind of what they wear. Unfortunately, since I didn't get seats in the bleachers, I really couldn't get pictures of individuals. Um, but I did see from a distance guys walking around in masks and, and crazy wigs and green spandex. And apparently there's a gentleman that I missed, unfortunately, who walks around wearing a giant foam A, um, kind of like a mascot a I guess and it's just it's it's one of these things where you go to a lot of ball games and and you go to a baseball game and you're expected to kind of sit there and relax and kind of have a beer talk to the person next to you really kind of enjoy yourself they don't let you do that in Oakland (laughs) in Oakland you better be focusing on the field and you better be cheering on that team because every out matters and they're not going to let that team give away an out and they're going to (laughs) heckle and and be on whatever those poor outfielders are that that are standing near the bleachers um for game two I sat along the third base line but I was pretty close to the um uh to right field and Shane Victorino god bless him was just subjected to about two and a half hours of merciless ribbing and heckling uh, I mean, he he did his best to chuckle, and at a certain point or two, he turned around and flipped off the crowd, which obviously only egged them on and and made them even rowdier and crazier and more proud of themselves. But this is what I feel old school baseball is all about. You know, the heckling, by the way, wasn't crass, wasn't filled with obscenities or or racial epithets or anything like that, which I have seen in, in other ballparks before. It was for the most part clever and and funny and specific to a player, which is my favorite type of heckling. You know, if you can ever get on someone specifically for his stats or you dig in and, and you start, uh, you do some research on him and you make fun of him about his high school stats or, or his, you know, anything that you can get from his past that once again is all above board and, and, and um, related to the game of baseball and not towards his family or, or friends or anything like that. It's there's no better time to me than when you see a hometown crowd really getting on the opposing team. I mean, the one benefit of Oakland Stadium, which I do like, which I, I kind of waffle back and forth, which which with where I like the bullpen placement, uh, do I like it on the field of play? Do I like it uh, or at least in foul territory or do I like it behind a fence? And I got to admit that Oakland's bullpen, which is uh, I, I sat in basically in row two, directly next to the Boston Red Sox bullpen, who uh, the A's are playing for these games. And you can reach out and touch, you know, the the bullpen pitchers, which obviously you should never do. And, and, and thankfully, no one even attempted. But that does allow for some, I mean, unbelievably funny back and forth between the bullpen uh, catcher or pitchers and and the 
the local talent there that that's just that gets season tickets around the, that that bullpen so they can do their part to help their team and just mercilessly attack, attack the entire game and just mocking them and making fun of them and it really is it's 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 a completely unique experience i mean like i mentioned earlier this is my 16th stadium out of 30 and Look, I met some incredible people in, in St. Louis. I had so much fun in Atlanta. The stadium in Baltimore was fantastic. I enjoyed my time in, in Tampa, you know, at, at the Tropicana Field, which I thought I was not going to enjoy. So, I mean, every stadium has had something kind of special and unique about it that I've enjoyed. But as far as just fan interaction or, or pure fan involvement with the play on the field, just noises coming out of people's faces, this is, by a wide margin, the most unique environment I've ever watched a baseball game in. And I, I, there's, there's plenty of people that I meet who, you know, love to tell me, you know, I'm a big football fan. I'm a big, big basketball fan. I, I even, I'm a big hockey fan. I just can't get into baseball. It's just too boring. It's too slow. You know, the same tired, hacky excuses that, that we get. Now, look, honestly... I, I, I say tired and hacky, it's just because I, I hear it so often, but I do empathize. I get it. If you, I don't know why you would be listening to this, but if you are listening to this and you're not necessarily a big baseball fan, I get it. I understand. You know, to the uninitiated, to those who, who may not have grown up following the sport or have not really paid attention to it um, for a, just a plethora of reasons, I get why, why when you watch it, you might think, oh my goodness, there's just nothing's happening. It's so slow. It's so boring. And I don't even mean to say, oh, you just don't get it. You don't need to get it. I understand. But when you go to Oakland, all that it, it disappears. I will never hear an excuse like that. If you live in the Bay Area and you have the option of going to an Oakland uh, athletics game and your excuse is that it's too boring, it's too slow then I just know you're just a flat-out liar and that you are you just have no interest and you're just looking to bash a sport that you know nothing about because I honestly believe it's impossible to go to a game at the Coliseum and not be entertained. Now, I am also of the opinion that any ball game you go to, you know, whether it's in the quietest uh, park in America, you're still going to find some engaging aspect of the play on the field, the stadium itself, the atmosphere of the people, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are, you know, an, adre- an adrenaline junkie, or you're an alpha, or you're someone who really needs that on the edge of your seat, let's go. Then you're, there's no excuse for you not to come out to the Coliseum because it is, it is. I mean, I, I can't say enough positive things about it. You know, and I'm, I'm glad actually because I will, I will be fully transparent when I walked in to the stadium when I when I walked into the gates and I looked up at, at, at the just cold concrete walls surrounding me and it, it just felt like a prison you know where I mean look it felt like a football stadium but it felt like you know in the middle of the summer you you expect to smell the grass and smell the hot dogs and hear the kids laughing or hear all the, the noises of, of baseball and hearing the, the ball pop off the mitt or, or, or the, you know, the crack of the bat. And when you walk through that stadium, you just you, it's, you hear nothing. The acoustics walking on the concourse are terrible because, A, you're so far away from the action, and, B, it's, it's all concrete. All, all the noise gets sucked up into the walls. 
So for the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe even longer than that, actually, if I'm being honest, uh, pretty much until the game started, I was actually pretty miserable. <laughs> I was I was really upset at at how, you know, the city of Oakland, Major League Baseball, we as fans have allowed the A's to play in that abomination and and not given them their own stadium. I get it. It's Moneyball, Billy Bean, saving money. Good for you. But that fan base deserves a stadium that can live up to their standard. I, I believe I mentioned this in my, my write-up uh, at roundingthird.net, but I'm going to say it again right here because I, I believe it's important. I am no longer giving any credit to Mr. Brad Pitt, Billy Bean, Mr. Moneyball. Lovely man, smart man. You don't get the credit anymore. It was it's not his shrewd scouting or or his great signings or or trades that that is making this team play so incredibly well on a, you know with players that like I said would they've got they've got a, a lineup of 8 and 9 hitters, you know, and and they somehow are on their way once again to winning another, another uh, uh, division title. It's not Billy Bean, folks. Uh, I'm here to tell you, it is 100% that fan base. They will that team to win. When they are down, they are louder than if it's the ninth inning in a one-run game in a save situation with two outs in any other stadium I've ever been to. If it's the fourth inning and they're down by two, these fans are losing their minds. If it's the the sixth inning and they're up by nine, they're still going crazy. They never lose interest. They never start meandering. They never start focusing on anything else but the game. They are a part of this team in a very real way. You know, as I, as I sit here and I remember my time at the Coliseum, I think I'm putting it all together that one of the reasons why so many of the fans are are just laser-focused on the play on the field is the Coliseum itself is pretty bare-bones. There are very few food options as far as comparing to the other stadiums that have wide variety and stands all over the place. I mean, there's there's a couple of sections where you can get food, and there's kind of a cafeteria-type area on the top floor, but for the most part, it's a pretty standard fare, and it's all centrally located. There is, you know, your your fast pitch and batting cages and whatnot, but that's all the way up on the top level. So on the main floor, aside from a small little memorabilia area and a uh, Irish pub, there really isn't much distractions. You know, if if you're not a baseball fan, if you're not interested on, you know, interested in watching at least eight of the nine innings of play, you probably want to find a different stadium to go to because there's not much to, and there's not much in the way of attractions or amenities. There's no uh, fountains to play in or, or, or there's no mini golf to play or um, carousels or Ferris wheels or nothing. It's, it's, it's a giant concrete box that is a home for sports. So maybe that is the reason why the fans are so crazy is that 
well, it's kind of a chicken or egg type situation. Did did the stadium attract fans who, by nature, would be a lot more intense, or did the lack of any type of distractions force the fans to really participate in the field of play? I don't know. Actually, that's 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 a tough question. I have no idea uh, which one that is. Uh, I actually you know the more people that I talk to there. I think that even if there were a lot of the distractions, most of the fans that showed up would still be focused on the play on the field because I think that's just, they have a lot of pride in their team and in their city and in just the game of baseball. And, you know, Oakland, there's times when Oakland gets a bad rap, you know, much like cities like uh, Baltimore or Philly or, you know, my beloved Detroit, you know, sometimes the cities themselves, the problems that the cities have, they're an easy target if the team isn't playing well or for rival teams to to attack you on but what I found is that in most of those cities that's where you're going to find the most proud fan base and the most dedicated fan base the fans that will support that team and and connect with that team on a level that maybe a more affluent city fans you know uh may not participate as much you know I'm not sure if that made any sense right there sorry I'm kind of this this is kind of a new thought for me um so I haven't really thought about this before. Um, but yeah, it's just fascinating to me as to why it is that the people in Oakland here are just so much more uh, loyal is the wrong word because everyone's loyal to their fan base. But just they, they, they do. I think connected. Connected is probably the best word. They, they seem to be the most connected with their team than anyone I've seen so far. You know, the team and the, and the fan base is one. They have they have a singular identity, and that actually brings me to the interview that I did with a gentleman by the name of Raphael. I met him in line actually on day two of my trip to Oakland. When well, you hear about it in the interview there, but uh, I had gotten to the stadium quite early because this was one of the few promotional giveaway days that's been on my tour, and by far this was also the best giveaway that I was a part of as they were giving away uh, replica Josh Reddick jerseys, which were surprisingly good. Um, I threw it in the wash, actually, when uh, I got back to the house that I was staying at, and it's completely stayed intact. So kudos to you, Oakland, for giving away a jersey that doesn't fall apart as soon as you put it on. Uh, But Raphael uh, was there with his family, uh, his young daughter and son, and uh, his wife, and he just told me a little bit about kind of what makes Oakland special and his memories of going to games at O.co. It's a brief couple of minute interview and uh, join me afterwards and I'll talk a little bit about the specifics of O.co that I, I really loved. So I um, hope you enjoy. All right, so I'm standing here with Raphael. Raphael, nice to meet you. And we are outside of uh, O.co Coliseum. I kind of like calling it an Oakland Coliseum, but I guess O.co is the official name. And we're waiting in a ridiculously long line for everybody to get a replica Josh. Uh, uh, is it Reddick tonight? Josh Reddick. Yeah, okay, so Josh Reddick jersey. And uh, so I figured I'd, I'd get a chance to talk to you. You've been a you you've been going to Gangster for how long now? A long, long time. I've been here since uh, 2000, 2001. Been coming into this uh, this Coliseum. Love my ace. So, did you grow up an A's fan, or do you, uh, did you come to it later in life? Actually, my father was the one who was an A's fan. I became a, I was an Indians fan because of uh, Manny Ramirez. Uh, I came to this game wearing an Indians jersey. Bad idea. 
And then after that, I, I started watching more of the A's, and hey, I fell in love with these guys. So, Wait, so you came to the Coliseum wearing a Manny jersey? That's right. Oh my, how did they treat you? I mean, you were a kid then, but how did they treat you? I was a kid, but you know, they, I still got those boos. It was okay, you know, whatever. I, I walked by, my dad was there, so I, was, I feel protected, but still. You know, the fans are awesome, you know, they're, they're great, but uh, yeah, it was a little... It was a little intimidating. So was this the first time, was that your first ever time at a baseball game? That was my first time ever coming to an ace game, yeah. That is pretty incredible. And so you uh, you said you came with your dad. Was it just you two? Was this something you two bonded over? Or was this kind of just a uh, uh, kind of a fun night out? It was just us two. Uh, my father played baseball for a while. Uh, he played in Mexico. So he was a little, uh, you know, he grew up playing baseball. So he wanted me to play baseball. I was more into the soccer, but I fell in love with the game. So he brought me to my baseball game, and I loved it. Very nice. So we were talking a little bit before we put this on about how, you know, this is a very big stadium, obviously, and it's it's mainly it's more of a football stadium than it is a baseball stadium. But there is some uniqueness to it. I mean, what are some of the things that for people who look at the uh, the Coliseum and only think of the bad things? What are some of the really positive things, experiences, or just little nooks and crannies that are here that you really got to be here to appreciate? Great fans. I mean, and great team. All the all, all the Oakland Athletic guys are awesome. You go down there, you talk to them, and they love to talk to you. Love to sign autographs, take pictures with you, which is awesome. Not a lot of players do that, and so there's definitely something that to look forward to. No, you're absolutely right. I, you know, a lot of the stadiums I've gone to, the, the players seem to be a lot more cut off from the fans, and there is a lot of security in between them, and they really don't. Yesterday, I was uh, uh, checking out some of the players, and I was really impressed at how I saw a couple guys signing autographs right before the game even started. You know, right along the wa the wall there, and just you know, really doing their best to, to give the fans a, a special experience, which is a bit unique here. And yes, I will agree, your fan base is ludicrous. The, the, you know, last year we had the Bernie Lean, and now I was looking yesterday and people are just bouncing their heads and with the noisemakers, and it is a, a truly unique, crazy-ass uh, time here at the ballpark. So if you can just tell me a couple of your favorite memories of, of coming here and kind of uh, just some of your experiences here at the stadium. Hatterberg, 20th win. Gotta remember that, man. Were you here for that? I was here for that game. Oh, oh yeah. I'm super jealous. It was an awesome experience. Are you thinking, all right, here we go. You know, we blew up a living run game or a living run, uh, you know, ball game. What's next? And here comes this guy, you know, Scotty Hatterberg. Boom, hits it out. Wow. How, how can I forget that? Well, actually, you know what? This is great then. So when I saw Moneyball in the theaters, I remember watching that game on TV and being like, oh, my, and being crazy. But when I watched it in Moneyball, I actually got a little bit of, I, I, I got a little bit of a chill, I mean, because that was a really amazing experience. What was it like, have you seen Moneyball, and what was it like for you to kind of relive that, fictionalized a little bit, but what what would you think uh, reliving that? Oh, man, it was uh, unbelievable. Uh, looking at it again on TV, and it took me back to a lot of memories, and took me back to that game where all of a sudden it's gone. Ah, it's <laughs> awesome, dude. So, the whole stadium was crazy. So would you say that's probably your favorite time ever coming to uh, an A's game, or is there something that maybe uh, eclipsed that? That, hands down, is probably going to be the best memory I've seen from uh, here, personally, uh, in Oakland. So, Have you ever challenged any playoff games here or anything like that? I did came to a couple playoff games against the Yankees. Uh, I sat up in the nosebleeds, but it was worth it. it was, we got beat, but hey, it's all right. You know, there's always next year, and you know, we keep going. That's how we are here. No, absolutely. So, all right, I just want to end here, and you've got your kids now here. And, and what is your... You know, you got a little daughter here, which is very beautiful. Do you think you're going to try and get her into the game at all? Or, or how is she coming to the game of baseball? Oh, absolutely. We're already uh, hitting the ball out there. I got all geared up with Ace. You know, she's got her bat, she's got her glove. All, she loves pink, so pink, pink Oakland Ace. So, got to love it. So, I'm definitely going to try to get her into the game. And so is my son. So, 
That is very cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to me a little bit, and uh, hopefully we'll get an A's victory tonight. Hey, thank you. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed my brief little chat with Raphael. We ended up getting to know each other pretty well as we sat out in the hot sun for a couple of hours waiting for our nice little jerseys. But I wanted to talk about a couple of things that were brought up during that interview. Uh, first and foremost being the access that the fans have with the players here in Oakland. You know, it'd be one thing if the fans of Oakland were, were always loud and passionate and crazy for this team without really any reciprocal behavior. But one of the reasons why this this team does so well and this team is so beloved is how much the team gives back to the fans and kind of the symbiotic relationship that the team and the fans have. They are truly, you know, intertwined. The only other place where I saw fans being able to have as much access to the players was in Arizona. But even in Arizona, it was, if you were lucky enough to have a seat directly on the field there uh, along the the uh, home team's dugout, you'd get the players to sign a ball for you or sign or, or, or whatever you had on you. But here in Oakland, pretty much completely down the uh, third base side, I'm sorry, the first base side, excuse me, uh, where, their, where their dugout is. And, you know, anyone who, who came down to that area, you know, these, these players were chatting with them. They were snapping pictures with them. And this is all, you know, right before the game. I was very impressed by how much interaction that the players had and how much they would wave to people in the, fan, in the stands and how much they would... You know, really just just let the fans know they appreciated them. And believe it or not, that's something that doesn't happen as often as you would like. Um, I understand, you know, there's there's 162 games. And, you know, for us, we might be going to one game and that's our special day out. But for these guys, it's their jobs every single day. So they don't really want to be chatting with folks all the time. But, you know, I think there really is a, a familial attitude to this to this entire franchise. You know, whether you're in the stands, in the dugouts, or on the field, you're all you're all kind of, you know, you're all one. You're all part of the same big family. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was I, I did mention briefly in that interview that I prefer to call this Oakland Coliseum as opposed to O.co. Um, you know, I haven't really talked too much throughout this podcast about my thoughts on on corporate sponsorship and naming rights and you know, I kind of go back and forth on it. On the one hand, I understand the financial aspect of it. I, I, I get from the business side why, you know, it's such an attractive uh, deal for the teams and also for whoever it is that's using that that as a marketing tool. But just be a little clever about it. You know, O.co is so clunky and so kind of, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, and it it sounds pretty silly, and it doesn't really define. I don't know. I mean, they 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 need to. Oakland needs a name for the Coliseum. You know, the Coliseum is 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 fine, but that that invokes images of gladiators, and and it's the gridiron. It's football. You know, with with Golden State, uh, the Golden State Warriors heading back over to San Francisco sometime within the next couple of years here. I think obviously this is the perfect time for them to tear down the arena that's located directly next door and just go ahead and build a dedicated baseball stadium, maybe make it 38, 39,000 seat stadium, maybe 40,000 seat stadium, small enough where, and also build the acoustics well enough where 
Oakland will literally be the scariest place on planet Earth to play a ball game for opposing teams. Just, you know, if you can build that correctly and you just transplant those fans from across the street, I mean, I can't even imagine how intense of a, of a uh, experience that will be. But I believe that that needs a good name. You know, I do believe that there's there's a lot to be said about the name of the stadium that strikes fear. You know, I don't care if you call it the pit or you call it the whatever. Call it something clever. Just try to stay away from clunky corporate sponsorship. You know, Wrigley Field, that's become a part of, of Americana. Um, you know, Chase Field is, 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 is fine. Um, Comerica Park. You know, I, I've gone back and forth on and I like it. There's, It's a little bit frustrating. You know, the Great American Ballpark is one where people don't even realize that it's corporately sponsored. <laughs> you know, so it, it's it's perfect in that way. But when you when you call your, your stadium O.co, you're, you're pretty much just, there's no allusion to it. That is flat out just, you know, we're advertising a website. <laughs> so just something to keep in mind. You know, I understand, like I said, absolutely keep the corporate money coming in. Owners out there who <laughs> may be listening to my little podcast here, but it can always be Oakland Stadium presented by O.co or brought to you by O.co or, or something along those lines, you know, but I don't know. I just feel like it's not accurately representative of the experience that you're getting at the Coliseum. So if you couldn't tell, I had so much fun in Oakland, which started as a miserable experience where I was frustrated and angry and very disappointed in the city of Oakland for just the awful stadium. It is an awful stadium. I, I, I will, I have to be honest, it, you know, for a baseball game, the stadium itself is, there's no love at all. There's no, you're too far away from the field. It's too cold. It's too concrete. It's too massive. It's too you're 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 just the stadium's not good, you know. But luckily, and I'm sure you're sick of me saying it, so I'll, this will be the last time I say it. Best fans in baseball. I got 14 more to go. 14 more stadiums to go. So maybe they'll be dethroned, but they are in such a clear cut lead right now that I'm not sure it's going to be possible. I had so much fun in Oakland. I, I, I can't even, I'm gushing at this point. I've now spoken for, for nearly half an hour about how much I love it. So I'm, I'm going to save you guys from hearing me babble on any further. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap up another episode uh, of the podcast. Uh, before we do wrap up, though, as always, I really need to uh, thank from the bottom of my heart, Blake White. Um, if, if those of you who listened to my last podcast, I gave you very specific instructions as to how to go and buy his album. And I hope you did that. And if you didn't, please, uh, you know, I've never asked you for anything. This is the first and only time I'll ever ask you for anything. Go pick up Blake White's album, More Like Myself, in iTunes. It is really a fantastic listen. Um, Blake is responsible for my theme music, both the intro and the outro you're about to hear. Um, Icarus Ronan, obviously, for the web design. He is just supremely talented at what he does, and I'm... Very grateful to have such amazing people in my life be able to help me out. Krishna Jane for the photo editing. You know, the photos are something that um, I did not anticipate 
getting as much positive feedback as I have from those. But thank you to all of you who are sending me emails and letting me know how much you uh, are enjoying the podcast or the tour or asking me the great questions you've been you've been asking me. Please check out the the uh, website at roundingthird.net where I've answered some of those questions. And also you can just see, you know, the photos and the write-ups and just get a little more in-depth on this tour. Um, I've described how I paid for the tour, what the kind of car I'm driving, how I came up with the schedule, you know, all sorts of little tidbits there you might be interested in. Uh, you can follow me at roundingthirdmj on Twitter. It's at roundingthirdmj on Twitter. Uh, email me at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. And keep on listening. I really appreciate all of your listenership. It, um, I'm glad I can share something like this with you all and some of the stories that I've been hearing from some of the great fans I've met and just my experience along the way. So with that, that wraps up another episode. So please, join me next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. Third with Manish Jane.